0: No one man should have all that power rankings. This is locked on big 12. You are locked on big 12, your daily podcast on the big 12 conference, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Thanks for making locked on big 12, your first listen every single day. So many of the haters said, Drake, Drake, you'll never get a big 12 custom helmet. And they were wrong. I did. I'm going to figure out a way to put it on my set here. Got a cool little logo on it. If you're listening on Apple podcast or any of that, thank you. You just missed it. I have a custom helmet now. How neat is that? Also 10,000 subscribers on YouTube by January 1st. I will shave my head down to a buzz cut. Yay. That's what I'll do. I'll shave my head down to a buzz cut. Thanks for making my show your first listen every single day. It's really your show. We're one big family. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. And today is Power Rankings Day. Power Rankings Monday. So, first and foremost, there's a clear worst team in the Big 12 right now. It was Houston there for a bit. I was like, oh, man, this Houston team kind of sucks. But one team had to steal the thunder. It is one of the irate, eight, the Baylor Bears. Um, Definition of bad right now. Their offensive line, pretty bad. Their defensive line, pretty bad. Pretty much every other facet of the game you can pick out, not great. Uh, Quarterback play has been dismal at best. That's kind of putting it nicely. And they get Blake Shapin back here this week, next week it won't matter. They're still pretty bad. They might, they might finish one and 11. True story. I I don't know if I see another win on Baylor's schedule. You can be like, Oh yeah. Three and nine. No, sir. Number 14, the Baylor bears. Number 13, you got to win. You moved up. You got to win. You moved up the Houston Cougars. Nice job against Sam Houston state. You did something that other teams have not done and that's beat teams. You're supposed to beat. So I'll give you credit for that. So if it's Houston, you're at 13. Number 12. Hmm. Yeah, they're pretty stinky. That's Oklahoma State. The quarterback situation is almost as bad as Baylor. Alan Bowman's just bad at quarterback, by the way. And everybody behind him from Gundy to Rangel, also not in the great category. So Oklahoma State, you're at 12, uh, just ahead of Houston after a loss on the road to Iowa State. Number 11, maybe the most embarrassing team outside of Baylor because of how unexpected this fall from grace is. That'd be Texas Tech. Why are we talking about an irate eight team? that's supposed to be this conference dark horse and possibly win the league behind Tyler Shuck, who had to bench Tyler Shuck and go with Baron Morton. And now the conversation has turned to, oof, they just, they kind of suck. Like West Virginia was supposed to be an automatic win for them on the schedule. It's supposed to be like, all right, it'll be West Virginia for sure. They'll go, you know, maybe 10 and two this year. And instead, they officially have bad at Texas Tech number 11. Number 10 ahead of Texas Tech, which had you told me that I'd have been shocked. I am a little bit. Iowa State. This is a respectable 10. Remember, your head coach almost got in a fight with a fan last week and you lost to Ohio, but you're still a top 10 team in this 14 team league ahead of teams like Baylor and Texas Tech. Iowa State. Number 10. Number nine. Very proud of you. Very proud of you. Of the new four teams, they want to say, I might say, more proud of you than anybody else this week because of the way you fought Cincinnati against Oklahoma 20 to 14. You covered or 20 to six, sorry, a 14 point loss. You covered, which is big. And you made everybody look around at Oklahoma and go, Hmm, is Oklahoma not that good? Cincinnati, hell of a showing at home. The crowd was great. Very impressed with you at nine. This is an impressive nine. Emory Jones, um, not a, a spectacular quarterback. Nobody's going to ask him to be a spectacular quarterback. I thought overall, uh, he was not great, obviously, on Saturday. Sorry, there was thunder, which we never get in Waco. Uh, he wasn't great, obviously, on Saturday. But you know what? At the end of the day, uh, he's still not the even close to the worst quarterback in the big 12. You could be Oklahoma state or Baylor or, or, you know what, Iowa state, I'm not going to pick on you anymore. Beck, Beck was good this week. He was good this week. Uh, yeah. Congrats Cincinnati on number nine, number eight. This is a bit of a fall from grace here. I dropped them quite a few spots. They were three last week. They are eight this week. It's the BYU Cougars. Now look, hard fought loss to Kansas, who is very high up on this ranking, but it, it to me, As you kind of get from that, even in the one to eight range here, you can kind of start mixing and matching because there are a lot of different teams who have shown great success and other teams you are like, oh, they've laid some duds like a Kansas State, right? Who lost on the road to Missouri. Like, oh, what a dud. You're supposed to win that game. But for BYU losing at Kansas, this is a a quality loss in the Big 12, but there's still that weird sour taste in your mouth of like, oh, we lost to Kansas. A few years ago, that is a big no-no. But now... It's excusable. You had the road win against Arkansas. Again, you're, I think you're going to win the games that, uh, that most people don't expect you to win and then lose the games or folks are like, yeah, yeah, this is BYU. So like, like last week, everybody's like, oh, yeah, BYU plus 10, BYU plus 10. Couldn't cover, right? So that, when the expectations of BYU is going to do well, is that where you underperform? BYU at eight. Seven. Very proud of UCF. This is at the, the top half of the Big 12 here. UCF at seven. John Rice Plumlee has been gone. And with Timmy McLean at quarterback, He's not your starter. Of course, he's not the guy. He's not the guy, pal, but he's good. He's good. He's not USF Timmy McClain. He's UCF Timmy McClain. He played really well against Kansas State, at least not just kept UCF in that game, um, but but had them in a square spot to go and, and possibly win it in the fourth quarter. I thought there for a second, all right, UCF has a chance to make this thing happen. UCF is at seven this week. At number six, the biggest surprise in the Big 12 far and away, West Virginia, the Mountaineers, Mountain Mama, take me home. CJ Donaldson? I could watch that guy run for days. Nico Markial is not a bad quarterback, by the way. I went back and watched more of those highlights. I was like, oh, Hello. The backup quarterback beating Texas Tech. Yes, sir. West Virginia Mountain Mama. Number six, top six team in the Big 12 right now. And it's pretty sad. It's pretty solid. Number five, TCU. TCU gets done against SMU, against Houston. This is a quiet team. We're not talking enough about TCU. Did you know that? We're not talking enough about the team that went to the national championship last season. They lost to Colorado uh, in a tight game, didn't know how to scheme up Deion Sanders, and then we were all like, "Eh, well, eh, forget about TCU. No, sir, don't forget about TCU. Top five team in the Big 12 still. It's going to be a slow climb. They're not going to have just this ascent to number one, but they have a legitimate shot to go back to Arlington. Seriously. Number four, Kansas State. Will Howard. Mm Mm-hmm hmm even a weeks so will Howard doesn't impress me a ton I still look at Kansas State and say this team is complete enough like you look at the defense which wasn't spectacular against Missouri despite allowing 31 points to UCF I was pretty impressed with what the defense did and now we have the uh, just wild surgeons of DJ Giddens oh like 300 total yards, 30 carries, four touchdowns, carrying those. So even when Will Howard is not studly like we expect him to be, DJ Giddens is. Who is that guy? No idea until now. He's awesome. Kansas State coming in this week at number four. Number three, Rock Chuck. I'm going to keep doing it. Jayhawk. Jayu. That's pretty good. Kansas I don't even know, man. You are a top three team in the Big Twelve right now. Devin Neal's good. Uh, Jalen Daniels is good. Kobe Bryant is named Kobe Bryant. The receiving game, I still need a couple of guys to step up and be that dog. I need a dog out of the receiver group. But wow, Kansas is undefeated four and one and zero in the Big Twelve. Even when Jalen Daniels isn't at his peak. Now I. I you know, he was was like uh, I think like fifteen for twenty or somewhere in that range. I know he had a, a couple of touchdown passes, but under one hundred and fifty pass yards, maybe that was the game plan. Most of it was field position as well. So I'll give you a free a free pass there. Kansas though at three, wow. Uh, then the top two, hooray, right. woo! Oklahoma at number two, Dylan Gabriel. I mean, yeah, they're still undefeated, so I'll give it to them. They struggled against Cincinnati, but I think Cincinnati's good, so I can't dock them for that. Oklahoma's number two, The number one, I've been working on the railroad. You see that Texas fan that was complaining? He was like, yeah, the Baylor fans were booing during I've been working on the railroad. Mm-hmm. Talk about disrespect. Dude, get out of here. You're going to hate the SEC. Texas is one. Quinn Ewers is legit. He can run the football. His arm is good. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, also good. Xavier Worthy, maybe the best receiver. Uh, He is the best receiver, maybe the best player in the Big 12 all put together. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, also good. That tight end's insane. The defense was really good, too. Texas, fine. Take it. You're number one. That's the power rankings this week. Number 14, Baylor Bears. 13, Houston. 12, go Pokes. Oklahoma State, number 11, Texas Tech, 10, Iowa State, 9, Cincinnati, 8, BYU. Here's the top seven, the top half. Number seven, UCF, 6, West Virginia, 5, TCU, 4, Kansas State, 3, Kansas. Talk about the sunflower state showing out. Number two, Oklahoma, and uh, number one, Texas. Those are this week's Big 12 power rankings. They're objective. You can't argue them here at Locked On Big 12. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is whose team? Your team. When? Every day. Thank you to one of today's sponsors of the show, Game Time. And because of Game Time, I, Drake Toll, got to go to a Texas Rangers baseball game, the final home game of the season, see them beat the Seattle Mariners yesterday, nine to eight, final score, whoop, whoop. Texas, the Rangers might win the AOS, and I'm going to want to go see them play in the playoffs, right? I bet you're going to want to go see the team that you root for in the baseball games go play in the playoffs as well. Don't worry about buying tickets to your next big event way ahead in advance, way in advance. Uh, do it the day off. Do it like 30 minutes before with game time. Fast, easy, last minute deals, all in prices. Views from your seat. Flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets. Views from all seats in the venue, lowest price guaranteed, even cancellation protection and job loss protection. So, right now, Game Time has deals on tickets that start right at the event, like right up to the event, right up to the event, football, basketball, baseball concert, comedy theaters, and more. Uh, also, Game Time will pick the seats in a zone deal for an average of 18% savings. You just say, hey, I want this zone. They say, all right, here's your seat for 20% off. Uh, download the Game Time app, create an account, use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. Code locked on college, $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on college for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices. It's guaranteed. The Big 12 has a huge issue right now. Like one glaring thing that I've looked at over the course of the last four weeks and thought, all right, it could get better. It could get better. And and I think it's a a deeper rooted issue that goes further than what the Big 12 is in just these four weeks. And that is the lack of a dog. D-A-W-G. And I don't mean like a Heisman contender. I don't mean like, hey, this this defense is otherworldly. They're the the top of college football or or this playmaker is on ESPN every night. I mean, one program, one football program that brings this word, consistency. The SEC has a couple. The ACC has a few. Hell, the Pac-12's got a few. I mean, Utah's won the conference back to back. The Big 12, especially moving into expansion era Big 12, has one massive, massive issue that will be this conference's kryptonite going into the new era of this league, the 16-team era of this league. That is the lack of consistency from any given program. Who's the big dog of the Big 12? Who's that guy, pal? And you can say to yourself, this is good. This creates parity. This gives you a, a good indicator of the depth of the league. And depth is great. Depth is great. And to me, it's good for viewership, right? To me, I want to see a good Kansas team play a good West Virginia team. I think that's, I think that's good football. However, it's not how the rest of the country works. It's not how the brain works for the average American. They don't think, oh, 5-0 Kansas, 4-1 West Virginia. I want to watch that game. That's hypothetical, by the way. I don't, maybe they are playing in a couple weeks. They, they're not saying, I want to watch that game. They're going to pass on that. Instead, if they see, wow, here's a, here's a Kansas State team that's played for a college football playoff, uh, played for a national championship, played in the playoff for two out of three years, playing against a TCU team who just went to the college football playoff two years in a row, especially in the, you know, this is talking expanded era, then America turns its eyes to you. Like here, are t- here are two top 10 teams squaring off. Here's a team that's done it year in and year out. Here's a, a BYU or UCF who've come in and, and, and made waves early on in the Big 12. Here's a Cincinnati that proved that his college football playoff appearance was not just a fluke. Big 12 doesn't have that. The ACC has a Clemson that does it You know, every other year. They're like going to the playoff. The last 10 years, it's been Clemson. The SEC, multiple. Georgia, Alabama, LSU. Hell, the Pac-12. They have sucked at getting to the playoff. But you can't argue that there's not a brand of the Big 12 that's as big as USC. I know they're leaving, you know, the, the whole conference is shutting off. But even then, you know, even now, right, right. You look at some of the viewership numbers you're like, oh, dang, they do have some big dogs. Oregon, eh, they draw some viewers. And of course, the Big Ten with Ohio State and Michigan, Penn State even now, Notre Dame, the floater. Who is the Big 12's Ohio State? Georgia, Alabama, USC even, Clemson. Florida State. Who is that for the Big Twelve? That's that's the glaring issue right now. there's parity, but parity doesn't always sell. That doesn't always sell. The MAC, hell, the MAC's a great conference. I love watching the MAC for that reason. Parity. There is no consistency in that league. It makes for really quality football. But I'm a maniac. I am alone in that camp. I like watching Tuesday night Mac action. Most of America does not. They want to watch a big dog fight. The Big 12 is missing that. That's a legitimate issue right now. You might say, okay, well, can Utah be that? Sure. That that right now, they're the only team that makes a case. Here's the problem that's diluted Utah. This is true. And you can get mad. The Pac-12 has not been a big uh, a big name conference, right? Because we don't talk nationally about Utah a lot. One of the reasons why is BYU does its best to overshadow Utah. I mean, look, there's, I mentioned multiple times, there's a whole religion that circles around BYU, I mean, this is the flagship university of one of the fastest growing religions in the entire world. That's tough to compete with in your own state. Utah has put second in a lot of respects nationally because of the, the depth, the the absolute ferocity of BYU fans. So not saying Utah can't be that team, but Utah has won two straight Pac-12 championships, been to a couple of Rose Bowls, and we're still not talking about them nationally. Hmm. Colorado, Deion Sanders, everybody's talking about Deion Sanders. He just got killed by Oregon. We're talking about Deion Sanders a little bit less. Maybe he rolls in the Big 12. He's a big show. People watch it. But at some point, we're going to get six months into the Deion Sanders experience. And I'm going to look at you and you're going to look at me and we're going to go, you tired of this? Yeah, me too. It's not as fun as it was the first couple weeks. The trash talk's kind of weird. They're seven and five. That's a, That could happen. That could very well happen. So then who's the show? Who's the team? Who's who's who in the Big 12? That, that's the big glaring issue right now, because some teams have had great seasons, like Baylor 12 wins. Now they suck. TCU has fired a coach within the last three years. Texas Tech was supposed to be good. When's the last time Texas Tech had a really marquee good season? 15 years. Kansas, I guess, is starting to be good. You know, Kansas State was talking about firing Chris Klein and fans wanted him gone a couple of years ago. Not one team has stepped up and said, hey, we're going to consistently win 10 games like an Alabama, like an LSU, like a Georgia. The Big 12 is at a disadvantage here because nobody will step up and consistently be good. That's a problem. That's a problem. Monitor it. Just want to put it on your radar. I need somebody to be good. Because any given week, anybody can beat anybody. And while that's fun for March Madness, it doesn't sell in football. You need somebody who is the team to watch on a national scale. Big 12 does not have it yet. That could very well bite you. Here on Locked On Big Twelve, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is also sponsored by DoorDash. Yeah, uh, if you're missing the syrup for pancakes, or you ran out of your favorite coffee creamer, or or you're like, ah, I needed orange to eat. DoorDash has grocery store delivery. Get what you want right when you need it. Love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door. DoorDash grocery delivery. You can stock up for the week. or we'll order last-minute cravings conveniently. Your avocados have gone bad. You burnt your last piece of toast. The hot sauce bottle is empty. Grocery delivery DoorDash. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites. Now you get grocery delivery that actually delivers. Thousands of grocery stores to choose from. Exactly what you ordered will make it right. Want even more value? Save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with DoorDash Pass membership. Easy substitutions right in the app as well. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Check out limited time offer term supply. 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees in your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store. Enter code College. Don't forget, College 50% off your first order with DoorDash. I apologize. I was not familiar with your game. The West Virginia Mountaineers, 14th in the Big 12 in my preseason power rankings. I had this team going 1 and 11. Hell, I might now have them at 11 and 1. I have been so impressed with how West Virginia has won football games. Not the fact that West Virginia is winning football games, but how this team has been doing it at this point, because it, it it's this script of it reminds me of Winfield Scott. Let me get a little history lesson here. If you've never heard of the, the name Winfield Scott, he was a Civil War general who drafted the Anaconda plan and said the North can beat the South if we just completely surround them and slowly close in and choke away. West Virginia says, hey, look, it might not light it up. This might be a Big Ten brand of football, but we are going to go out there with Garrett Green or Nico Marchio. Doesn't matter. We're just going to give the ball to C.J. Donaldson, run it down your throat, and maybe his stats are not elite. Maybe he's not going to be the best running back in the Big 12 on paper. But if you watch the games, you understand the value he brings. I do not think there is one singular player more important to a team than C.J. Donaldson to West Virginia. If he goes down tomorrow, I think West Virginia has a tough, tough time trying to recover from a loss like that. Now, here is the good part. Behind C.J. Donaldson, there's Jalen Anderson. He's not bad at all. I'm Garrett Green, Nico Marchiel have both done running enough. And while none of the stats offensively are going to blow you away, you're not going to look at West Virginia and go, oh my gosh, this team's offense is going to scare anybody in, in the country. You will look at their defense and say, uh-oh, oh no, they're good. One guy who I, do, I, I think is not getting enough credit in this entire thing, Is Sean Martin on the defensive line. That's the one guy that I've watched. And some West Virginia fans are probably like, who? I hope you're not saying that. If you are saying that, you got to re-up when you watch Virginia stuff. As I was watching a lot more more West Virginia prepping for today's show, I was like, who is this guy? Because I didn't have him on on my radar preseason. And now I've enjoyed watching Sean Martin play. That's a deep track for you, maybe. Maybe you're like, oh, wow. I didn't even know if I enjoyed watching Sean Martin play. Right? He might not blow you away. But it... What six foot five, three hundred pounds? I just like watching the kid play. So there's a new there's a new favorite, T.J. Donaldson and Sean Martin, are my two favorite guys on on the West Virginia team. It is the ability to play defense. This squad holding Texas Tech to thirteen points last week, and honestly putting that offense in a blender. The same Texas Tech offense that had a lot of success against Oregon, then against Pitt, seventeen to six, six points the Pitt Panthers in a rivalry matchup. All they could muster against West Virginia. Marquette only had the interceptions were all his fault, by the way. So you look at a stat line, you see 12 for 21, 78 yards, a touchdown and two picks. You're like, oh, wow, that guy sucks. He ran the ball well, got out of the pocket well enough. Did what he needed to do. It was a field position battle. West Virginia's defense is so good. They can play the field position battle and force opposing quarterbacks into 13 for 37 days. I have been pleading with Texas Tech to bench Tyler Shuck and just see what Baron Morton can do, just enjoy the Baron Morton experience, then Baron Morton... I mean, I was embarrassed to have had that take, right? Not the first time I've been wrong. You all know that, Mountaineers fans. Embarrassed by Baron Morton. 13 for 37, 158 yards and a touchdown. It was personal. I was like, Baron, dude, I have been trying to help you and this is what you do. West Virginia didn't just beat Texas Tech as seven-point underdogs. West Virginia... Dominated Texas Tech at seven as seven point underdogs, and I thought at one point down in the fourth, it's like, all right, here's the big moment for West Virginia. Texas Tech's got a real shot inside of four minutes to go, get a defense, get a defensive stop, and and try to find a way out of this. To try to find a way to take it to overtime, Texas Tech can win. They even could even you know twenty seven to twenty final score cover. They could cover. West Virginia said, look, not only will we Winfield Scott Anaconda plan you. We can win in the fourth quarter. Push comes to shove. We've got to go out and we've got to finish. Close the damn deal. West Virginia can do it. Impressive. Impressive. Now, if I'm somebody else on West Virginia's schedule, what seemed like an automatic win against a team that was probably going to fire its coach, different now. Now it's, uh uh-oh. Their running game looks good. They look like a good football team. West Virginia might not win at TCU. Now, maybe you hate me for saying it. They're going to beat Houston. They'll beat Oklahoma State. Right now, they're going to beat BYU. I give them a fair, a fair shake to beat UCF with that defense that West Virginia has. At Oklahoma, they did it last year. Cincinnati at home, yeah, that's a win. Baylor on the road, for sure. With the way West Virginia plays, barring injury, this is a nine win. To, I, and maybe I have set the bar too high now. But based on what I've seen, and I did some deep dive film study on the squad, this is a nine-win West Virginia team. Anything less than nine with the caliber this team has shown, offensive line, experience, defense, would would surprise me at this point. That's the, the way the Big 12 is. There's not another team that can play that level of defense with an offense that wins the field position battle, that utilizes the field position battle. West Virginia only needs 20 points. And they might only give you 20 points. But wow, that defense. Nine games, West Virginia. That's the new goal. You could very well be curators of chaos and be on the doorstep come the end of the year as a two-loss Big 12 team of Arlington. Yeah. Looking at the schedule, based on what everybody else has done, Arlington and West Virginia now belong in the same sentence. Start talking about it. Here on lock, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's just me saying I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. This has been locked on Big 12, part of the locked on podcast network. Thank you for making it your first listen every single day. Come back tomorrow where we'll do more Big 12 stuff. Unlocked on, uh, thanks for making it your first listen every single day, I guess. Dos Grande.